0: Dose. The Bucs got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits. At the big ball, East Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys. Under scare Perea lays
1: it up. 1.4. Perea
0: hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Bucks Spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bello. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible boost bowl game! Touchdown, Jawan Stinson! 25 yards! J.J. German for the win! He got it! J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs! And the sidekick.
1: shout off to my What's your name, man? I told you! It about- doesn't matter what your name is! You're handsome, you have the perfect amount of scruff,
2: and you still have no talent. It's Sandoz in the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Good
0: Monday, ETSU 5-1 on the gridiron with a huge drubbing on homecoming of Gardner-Webb 45-0, the first time the Bucs have shut out an opponent since September 4, 2003 with a 44-0 win over Concord College. The 5-1 marked the best start. Since 1999, Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher, Sandos and the sidekick. We appreciate you with downloading us, SoundCloud, iTunes, subscribing, RSS feed, or just simply clicking on Twitter and listening to the broadcast as well. But, Mike, I think that's a, a game that Randy Sanders had talked about, wanting to finish, wanting to establish themselves as a winning culture, and certainly 45-0 will do that for you.
2: I mean, it was an incredible performance on both sides of the ball, and I think where you can tell this team is really making progress, taking strides, and moving to that next level is the fact that it seems like every single week, Jay, there's a new thing, that a new talking point, a, uh, a new record, a new something that's happening that catches headlines. What, what was it this week? Uh, the first shutout since football's been back. 45 points, most points since football's been back. Three rushing touchdowns, most rushing touchdowns for an individual with Quay Holmes having three since 2003. It, it's one thing after another, and so it's not just the play on the field and, and the obvious things. It's the deeper dive when you look at stats that really show that this team is as dominant as it has been and just the fact that we're saying the word dominant I mean think about that you talk about from March to now and Randy Sanders said that in the post-game interview with you he said there were times in March April even in fall camp where I was not sure if we would score 45 points in a game you know sometimes you 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 know was talking about uh, you know over a couple games you know there there were times where this ETSU football team I think Randy Sanders' thought was going to be a lot like it had in previous years but another thing is checked off the list. Now they've got uh, they've tied their most wins since having football back. You know, they had 5 two years ago, 4 last year and now 5 again. This year still 5 games to play. It's simply incredible what Randy Sanders has done with this team and it's not just the defense now. The offense does really seem like it is progressing how coach Sanders wanted. You still didn't hit on
0: the two most impressive stats that I was going to hit on which okay. is good cuz you yeah. didn't take
2: anything away from me. I
0: leave a number 1 is the fact that uh, Quay Holmes, in six games, as a freshman, redshirt freshman, has as many touchdowns as the entire team had rushing last year. Wow. Eight. So that's impressive. The other thing, and I misspoke. I don't know what I was looking at when I was flipping through the game. notes to find the last time the Bucks had two 100-yard rushers. I thought it was in that game against Kentucky Wesleyan. It was not, actually. Uh, because Stinson only had 93 yards rushing, and then Austin Herrick had 143 to set the school record as a quarterback. So the last time the Bucs had two 100-yard rushers was September 16, 2000, when it was Todd Wells, who was a quarterback and a running back, Corey Carter, each went for 108 and 107 in a 38-3 win over VMI. The Bucs got 105 from Quay Holmes and got 101 from Jacob Sayers, who also had two touchdown runs, and he had sort of the back-breaking run of the game.
2: Yeah, and I was taking a look at some stats yesterday myself. ETSU now has more rushing yards this year than it did all of last year. So, I mean, we're five games left, and the running game has come so far. And it helps to have the type of backs that they do. Uh, Quay Holmes and Jacob Sailors and Sailors really had that breakout game that I've been calling for. I think the whole year I bold predictions twice. I've whiffed on it. I was. I'm and we'll talk about this later in bold predictions recap. But I'm about a week off on pretty much all my bold predictions. They happen eventually, but I don't happen to pick it on the right week. But uh, yeah, Sailors the 37 yarder. Um, that was kind of the the nail in the coffin. It seemed like the turnovers really started to. ETSU's defense. It just seems like it kind of wears on you. You know, and that's again something that in the past it would be offenses wearing on the defense, but now. It's the defense breaking down Offenses and I don't know Jay. It's just incredible you almost run Out of ways to describe just Exactly what they're doing And how uh, the magnitude of how They're doing it I think when the poll comes Out later today you're likely To have ETSU in it there are a couple teams Right around the bottom of the top 25 that lost and with a 45 Nothing win as it was uh, The dominance that they showed the ability to finish That game like you talked about and we're going to hear from Randy Sanders here in a couple of moments but the turnover game they're winning that up front they're winning those battles on each side of the ball and Gardner Webb while Randy Sanders and Austin Herrick and everyone around the program said the right thing about the running Bulldogs all week they're just not there this year Uh, the the injuries the youth and it really did show on Saturday but give credit to TTSU because they sensed blood in the water and they attacked
0: yeah and I think that's what Randy Sanders wanted right he wanted that to, to get that feeling of Uh, stepping uh, on the gas pedal and kind of burying your opponent and being able to let some other guys play in the fourth quarter. I mean, I I think it was a good question. I don't don't remember if it was uh, Robert – I think Robert Harper, our sideline reporter, asked me, when was the last time a quarterback was pulled because ETSU was drubbing someone as opposed to the other way around? And I I don't remember. And and it's hard to say because the first year they rotated Nick Sexton and Austin Herrick every couple, two, three series, so – The first year that they had a drubbing a Warner, but they were rotating everybody in anyways because they were trying to build depth. They they basically sacrificed – they probably could have won a couple more games that first year, but they were trying to build depth. So if injuries and other things happen in year two, three, they had people that had seen college games, and we saw that help the team pick up five wins in year two. Now there was a step back last year. But certainly I I think – I was not a believer of the theory – until I saw year two and then beating Kennesaw State, then beating Sanford, they would not have been able to do that, I think, if they wouldn't have played as many guys as they did uh, in the first year. So I think that that was something good. I think the other thing that was great about the game was to see touchdowns in the red zone. I know ETSU has been great at scoring. Uh, in the red zone, but they haven't always been six points, and extra point, seven points, but it hasn't always happened. So I was uh, glad to see that. And then the turnover battle for ETSU, the last two games have been insane. Uh, they forced six turnovers, scoring on five of those possessions, four touchdowns, one field goal. In the first four games, they had eight turnovers, but just one time they scored. So I like to see the turnover and then the offense immediately getting the
2: points. We'll hear from Coach Sanders on turnovers in a moment, but another big area of improvement was third
3: downs when it 's third and single digits, I feel like we got a chance when it when it gets to be third and ten, third and 12, third and fourteen, when you hit those situations, you better have some pretty dynamic playmakers outside. You need some receivers that uh, can make plays and and our guys do good, but i don 't know how real dynamic we are i don 't I don't know how many guys we got uh, Right now we're going to be getting time by NFL scouts this spring when you know when when that time comes around. So we threw a couple of things in there trying to get our backs more involved in the passing game on third down, and I thought uh, converted a few of those with uh, Sailors and Quay. Much better, much better performance on third down. But so much of it was because we did better on first and second down, and we didn't have third and fourteen and third and seventeen and third and you know, 21, Uh, those situations are really, really hard, and we've had way, way too many of those so far.
2: I think I saw 9 of 14 on third down conversions. I mean, that is incredible just to keep drives alive. And, again, it's wearing on the opposing defense. And especially when you're able to do the balanced nature of the attack that ETSU was. Uh, They had over 200 in both passing and rushing. Uh, Didn't quite get to the 550 mark you had in bold predictions, not to spoil the segment coming up at the end of the show. But uh, incredible their offensive efficiency and the urgency they felt on third downs.
0: Well, and I think when you look how the the game went on, and honestly, ETSU took the the foot off the gas there in the fourth quarter too. And uh, I mean, they did throw it a little bit, but for the most part, they were just they're trying to salt the game away. The game was really over with, and you know, you're not trying to get anybody hurt. You're just trying to to get through with it. But the third downs, I thought, was huge. The Bucs came in just 25, percent and that's that's in the bottom. I think it was 108 in the country. Not good. Yeah, out of a, 120 some teams yep. yeah so not not good at the fcs level, not get any level to be at 25 percent. so that certainly i think was was a, a
3: good upward
2: trend for the bucks to
3: go 9 of 14 on those third downs
2: you talked about the turnover game coach sanders did as
3: well first game this year we went without a turnover is that correct wow you know it, it took us six games to get there but we finally did it excited about that we didn't you know, first two weeks we're fumbling punts. I'm just hoping to get to game three without fumbling a punt. Week three, I'm just hoping to get through a game without throwing an interception for a touchdown, and we've been able to do that for a while. And it's nice to go through a game where you don't fumble a punt and you don't throw a pick for a touchdown and you don't uh, give the defense anything easy. Coach Sanders talks in jest a little bit there at the beginning of the sound soundbite with the
2: pick six and the you know fumbling a punt, but that really does underscore the progress that we've talked about and really it's exponential uh, in in a lot of aspects of the game. But of course, turnover is something that really can really flip the game, and for ETSU they did. He also talked about on the other side the turnovers that ETSU was able to force and the points they got off them.
3: Seems like when we have gotten a turnover, have gotten an opportunity to score, we have. You know, I, I know we did it. Uh... Uh, a couple of times today, we had uh, last week we were able to stick that thing in the end zone and get a, get a quick score to get up 14-0. I, I, I'm glad the defense are providing those opportunities. I, I hope they keep doing it, and we 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 need those things. And uh, as as we're growing on an offense, anytime as an offense, anytime we can get a short field and get an opportunity to get uh, easy points, that's that's true bonus for us. And our defense has done a good job with that the defense really affecting the offense.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, it's all feeding off one another. I think there were times last year that the defense, especially the start of the games, we've talked about that a little bit, that it was a little disappointing the first couple of games that really teams were able to take the first drive, go down and score, and you're already playing from behind. Last year we really didn't see that. The the defense, I think it was seven times, had a three and out opening a game. And so uh, now we're starting last couple games, you're starting to see three and outs, you're starting to see the defense kind of Give the offense the ball pretty quickly, in a good field position. Because if you can, uh, you know, start a team at the twenty-five, and and you know if they don't get a first down, they punt. You're getting the ball, give or take, around your thirty, thirty-five yard line, pretty good field position, and a better chance to to put points up on the board. And the Bucks scored seven of the first eleven possessions on homecoming against Gardner Webb. But I think that's what needs to happen. I, the other thing, I, you know, and, and I don't think we have the soundbite, but I was curious about him talking about the quarterback play because. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, um, considering, uh, you know. Herrick was seventeen to twenty-four. Marshy was four or five. Yeah, and, and Sailors dropped Marshy's ball, but they was still talking about they were not maybe making the right decision. And it doesn't shock me that a quarterback and an offense coordinator has been doing it for a while is hard on his quarterbacks. Correct? Like I, that, that seems normal to me.
2: Especially with Herrick and the character, the fact that he can take it. We know that with Austin Herrick, you're not going to be hard on a guy if it's going to break him. You're going to do that to constructively build him.
0: And, and then I thought it was he was said Tuesday, tomorrow will will be a big day because he wants to rectify some of the reads that's going on. And he he has given the quarterbacks credit for getting them in the right plays in the run game. And he's been very open about that. He's just not liking what he's seen with their reads passing the football. I mean, we've seen a couple plays where Marshy has – had a broken play, basically turned into touchdowns, and Coach has been honest, like, hey, he's going to get a minus because he didn't do the right thing. Now, it, it ended up being a good result, but we didn't do the right thing. And I thought Austin had a chance to make a couple plays down the field uh, in one – Warts drops in the end zone, right? How much different does the zone? stat line look that? Sure. And, and the other thing is he misses uh, uh, Spagnoletti, which is going to happen, but he missed Spagnoletti 45 yards down the field. And in the same token, he, he took a shot when a guy jumped off sides and Keith Coffey made a play for him. So, But if you just hit the other two balls, all of a sudden, you know, that's an extra 70 yards and, and a touchdown on the
2: board. Maybe we give Coach Sanders too much credit. I'm not sure. I don't know if people unbiasedly listening to this will say, oh, you're Randy Sanders' apologist. But I think that he is very strategic with how he criticizes and very strategic about the wording he uses. And, of course, we got the Randy Sanders montage, right? He steps outside the box and has some fun sometimes too. But what stood out to me and Jacob to Townsend, who we're going to hear from in bold predictions, post game, was the amount of times he used the word disappointed and upset. Uh, he's not giving these guys anything. And I think that's strategic because he wants to keep them on their toes, keep them pressing, keep them looking forward, not sit back and admire their work because, hey, it's easy to do when you beat a team 45 to nothing. You get your first shutout since football's been back. These guys are going to see these stats too. They're on Twitter. They're on social media. They see that people are really excited about what they're doing. They see the stats from Kevin Brown, who does a great job for ETSU football and sports information. I mean, they see these things that come out. And Coach Sanders wants to bring them back down to earth because there is still a job to do, and the job, Jay, is only going to get harder. I think this is when we're really going to find out some things about the CTSU football team. You don't want to write off the 5-1 and one start, and we don't. You know, We're happy about it. It's, it's fantastic. I mean, it makes our jobs a lot easier, certainly, to be positive, and we are very positive, right? But now that you go on the road, you play some teams in the Southern Conference that really do have some meat to them, it's going to get really difficult.
0: Well, and, and, and Coach Sanders did say that. He said, you know, in the summer – if you would tell me right now, I was going to be five and one. Not only would I have taken it, I probably would have thought you were crazy. <laughs> so he openly admitted that that that's um, you know that's a number that they got to that he was not expecting to get to. So he did say, I, I'm not taking that away. I'm not saying that that's something that you know we should be proud of and and you know we should celebrate. I'm just saying there are things that we could still do better. We could still execute. We could still get better play out of certain players. So I, I find it interesting how he balances that, and I think you're correct. I mean, let's think about this. I mean, if you think dealing with quarterback egos at ETSU stuff, think think about when he had a couple number one draft right. picks, a Heisman Trophy winner, he's playing yep. a champion. He's seasoned. With I, it. I think he's handled some egos and knows what buttons to push, and I think he knows which kids can take what. Right, and I think you don't you don't get to where you are this many years without knowing sort of the pulse of the players that you're talking to. we got to step aside. Speaking of quarterbacks, Mark Hutzel had the ESPN Plus call of the game. He's also been on radio with us this year. He's seen a lot of ETSU football in his tenure. We'll talk to him about the big win at homecoming and have him talk about this ETSU football team. More of Santos and the Sidekick. Don't forget to download us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. You can also subscribe to the RSS feed. We'll step aside for a timeout. Mark Hutzel on the other side of this timeout. This is Santos and the Sidekick on the Buccaneers
3: Sports Network. Congrats, you made it. Through National Ice Cream Day, National Hot Dog Day, and even National Sunglasses Day, you took on the heat, took care of the yard, and even took a vacation. But now it's October, and you finally have a chance to breathe. And with that chance to breathe also comes a chance for fun when you play new October Instant Games. Pick up one of four new games for a chance to win $1,000 up to a $1,000,000. Fall into some fun with new October Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly.
2: Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate eChecking account at Citizens Bank? I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much needed Bucks tickets to cheer on my team. Learn more about Wow Rate eChecking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Wow Rate eChecking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Bank your own way. Citizens Bank member FDIC.
1: Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities.
4: If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com.
1: And go bucks. Yeah, I've been thinking about getting the band back together, but we
0: need a new name. Ah. How about the Five Seasons? Nah, not raw enough. Chuck and the Prime Ribs? You don't get it, do you? Sorry. I'm a butcher.
3: My bad. How about four New York strips? Now that's music to my ears.
0: At
1: Food City, our butchers are so good at what they do, you'll think they can do anything. Butchers make it better. Only at Food City.
3: Ice T-Bone. The Beefy Boys. The Tenderizers.
1: Today and every day, the Johnson
3: City way.
0: Send the sidekick back with you on this Monday, victorious Monday on homecoming. I don't know if there's a better feeling for the alumni to come back to campus and see a 45-0 drubbing of Gardner-Webb. Jay Santos, Mike Gallagher, and join us via the telephone, Mark Cuttsel had the call on ESPN And Mark, appreciate the time. And certainly, you've uh, quarterbacked a couple homecoming day games in your day. Uh, where did that one rank? Seeing the ETSU come out and thoroughly dominate Gardner-Webb.
4: Yeah, it was awesome. Kind of reminds me of the game. Of course, I got to bring back memories. My senior year against, but we played Tennessee Chattanooga, who was five and zero and destroyed everybody in the conference so they got to us. And somehow we put it all together, and beat them thirty five to nothing. So it's probably the best game, most perfectly played game that I've ever been in, by everybody on both sides of the ball. So it's kind of similar the other day. Uh, against Gardner Whip, I mean, 45 nothing's hard to beat. I think we moved the ball very well on offense, mixed the running pass. The running game with 200 yard rushes was awesome, and of course our defense, which I felt like's been carrying us for pretty much post- most of this year, did their usual great job. So a big win for the Bucks is a good time for everybody. Had a big party after my at my house after the uh, game. Got to see a bunch of buddies that hadn't been back here since they played, and uh, they were thrilled to see what's happening with this school. I'm telling you.
0: Well, I, I, by the way, the anniversary of that game, uh, it'll be on my note uh, package because uh, that's Saturday, October 13th. The Bucks are 5-1, and one, one of those wins Mark just talked about, his homecoming win against Chattanooga. So we'll talk a little bit about that on the radio as well. Let that day live on a little more for you, my friend. But let's start on the defensive side of the ball because not only have they been dominant, but now they're starting to put the clamps down, the turnovers. I mean, two games, they forced six turnovers. I mean, it seems like every time they need a big third down, it, it, it's either the line's getting there or the backers are getting there to, to pressure and sack the quarterback or the defensive backs, which is maybe the biggest question mark going into this season, are able to, to hang in there and make plays and knock balls away.
4: Jay, I think the biggest key to, to watching our defense this year, is, it's like you mentioned earlier, is the, the play of our safeties and corners, a much better job. i got to attribute a lot of that to Steve Brown. He's a big technique guy, and I believe he's got these guys reading these receivers' routes and doing a good job. Of, another good job they're doing is making great open field tackles. So you can bring you can bring the blitz. Coach Taylor can bring that blitz with his linebackers and such to, to get after the passer. If you've got defensive backs who can stay with their men, and I think they're doing an outstanding job on that right now.
2: Mark, what did you think that – ETSU did to affect those young passers that Gardner-Webb was trotting out there on Saturday. It seemed like they just couldn't get anything going. Obviously, the interceptions in the second half of the game really got out of hand, but in that first half to take control, Gardner-Webb's offense just wasn't clicking. What did ETSU do to make sure that their two freshman quarterbacks were uncomfortable?
4: I think that they sent their film with Chattanooga. <laughs> <Honestly>. <laughs> I think they saw that and said, we've got to get this ball out quick because they're going to bring people after. So most of their... Passes were, you know, short, quick balls down the field, we're covering pretty good with the defensive backs. So I think they knew we were coming after them, and we were a blitzing team because we can cover you now. And I think they were very nervous to have their young freshman quarterback, Jordan Smith, stay too long in that pocket, and you can tell that he's having a tough time with that.
0: Hey, Mark, let me ask you this. We've seen a lot of guys on the defensive side of the ball uh, that, that haven't been traditional stars, like Zach Yancey he's seen some time, but he got the start. And, and my theory there is because – and Cayman Cooper saw a lot of action, even though Blake Bockworth did start that. But that's because they're passing teams. Those guys are more, um, you know, kind of hybrid safety slash outside linebackers. The, the next two weeks, I think they'll go back to Austin Gatewood and Blake Bockworth because of the physicality of, of the options. Just talk about the, the team having depth now that you can do that, that if you need to put in a couple different guys in different positions. Like I don't know you'll see Dominique Williams in the nickel position as much uh, the next couple of weeks, but but that speaks to depth, correct?
4: Oh, no, I don't think there's any question about it. And they're going to need some depth up front this week, the next couple of weeks against sitter and Whopper because you know what they're going to do. They're going to run it down your throats and run it down your throats and run, it down, your throats and run it down your throats and all of a sudden throw one. So the big key for me is can we keep the defensive linemen and linebackers fresh without losing a whole lot there, and that's a big key. Our secondary, the big key to them are the safeties. Are they going to be able to read when it's run or pass so they can get on that receiver in the event that every once in a while, when Walford, excuse me, I'm going to talk about Citadel, throws the ball this week. Because I think if we can stay with them on there, rotate players well enough to keep them fresh, and our and our safeties do a good job of not getting beat on that pass that these option teams like to throw deep every once in a while, I'll fool you. Uh, I think we got a good chance here Saturday. Good Citadel,
2: Mark. I need your quarterback goggles now. Here, Andy Sanders. I'm not sure if you heard the program, uh, the uh, post game, excuse me, but he was discussing. Austin Herrick, Logan Marchie, and how they just need to improve and be better and that he's communicated that with them and even communicated that with Austin at halftime. There were some long conversations, at least it sounded like in the radio broadcast, that Jay Sandos was describing to us between Sanders and Herrick. And then Marchie comes in and he goes four for five, does have one drop. And Coach Sanders was discussing how in the pass game, Uh, Logan March needs to be better in the run game Austin Herrick needs to be better so there's some constructive criticism there I think and Randy Sanders wants more out of his quarterbacks maybe not so much of a surprise considering the fact that he has been around some very high-end quarterbacks in his time but what do you read into that criticism and where do you think that was mainly directed um, in terms of it coming from Sanders and in what parts of the game he was discussing
4: well, you know, you made a great point earlier that there's uh, some pretty good quarterbacks. I mean, starting with eight million, and his last one before he left, Jameis Winston. So it's in a little bit of culture shock for him at that point. But yeah, they, there are things that they need to do a little bit better. I think Logan in the passing game uh, is, gets the ball on him a little quicker, his arm's a little longer, decision every once in a while out of nowhere. Uh, the, I think was the pick six against VMI, and of course, the interception, that kind of got him pulled against Furman. So that's kind of hurt him a little bit. With Austin on the running game, he hasn't had to do that that much. Both of these guys are facing a new system, and Sanders has just brought that in uh, this year. And so I think that over time, they'll both get better at what they're trying to do. Uh, when you're not real sure what you're doing sometimes, it delays your reaction time, too, when making this decision. And you don't want to play afraid. Sometimes when you're not sure what's going on, that's when things like that can happen. So I think over time they'll get better. I think Coach Sanders is one of those that uh, he puts pressure on these guys in practice to perform. He wants them to feel that pressure so that in game time they'll be able to react to it. But that new system for both of them, and they both should do better as the season goes on, and I think they have.
0: Well, Mark, we appreciate the time, especially on uh, short notice. Thank you for Chatting with us, we'll check on uh, down the road. Hopefully ETSU can keep this uh, win streak going. Five and one, best start since 1999. They'll look for their first back-to-back road Southern Conference road wins in the same season. Now they ended the 0-1 season with a, a win and started the 0-2 season with a road Southern Conference win. But two Southern Conference road wins in the same season hasn't happened since 1997. The Bucks wow. will try to do that coming up this Saturday. So, Mark, hopefully we can pull them through.
4: That would be good. I hope they fell a there better than they did. We mean, we're going to watch them against VMI, for sure. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Well, they got a full open window at Citadel, so I'll try to keep Wilson from jumping out of it. That's right. <laughs> so, tell
4: Matt, they've got an opening. we just got to keep the over to get, uh, keep our guys rooted on defense so that they can play an option to a time of football not messed up. So, we'll see what happens.
0: All right, Mark, thank you for the time. That'll do it with our conversation. Thank you, Mark guys. See easy. you, man. Uh, we'll step out for a timeout. When we come, what do we got? Pros versus...
2: Pros versus Jays. It's actually going to be more Jays versus Jays, which I'm excited for. I am not. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. No, we know. buried the lead on this show, but the lead will not be buried any longer. We'll bury Jay Sandos instead. <laughs> Love it.
0: <laughs> All right. Sandos and Sidekick. Don't forget to download SouthCloud, iTunes, subscribe to RSS Feed. You can always... Go to Twitter, Facebook. We'll have the daily show updated, whether it's video or just audio. But we'll keep you up to date with Sandoz Sidekick. Everything ETSU Athletics. More after this on the Buccaneers Sports Network.
1: Nice Wonger Children's Hospital is proud to be the only hospital in the region dedicated to serving kids, teens, and their families. With over 20 subspecialists in pediatric medicine, as well as access to the Level 1 Trauma Center at Johnson City Medical Center, we are committed to providing
3: hope and healing to you and your family.
1: To learn more, visit NiceWongerChildrens.org. That's NiceWongerChildrens.org. 16 state of franklin road in johnson city
2: here's the deal at wendy's every hamburger is made with fresh never frozen beef now here's the big deal you can get a day's double with a half pound of hot and juicy beef along with small fries and a drink for just five dollars when you download the wendy's app and the real deal
3: that's a whole lot of delicious wendy's food for just five dollars download the app today Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. At participating Wendy's for a limited time.
2: Mullican hardwood flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mullican's pre finished, sold, or engineered, ready to install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson's Kitty locations to learn more. Dockery's floor covering house of paneling, carpet and door mark, and K&M flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, and Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the
1: clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulliken Flooring.
2: New coach, new era, new day. Here from ETSU football head man Randy Sanders, all fall on the ETSU Coaches Show now on Wednesday nights. If you're scared by all the change, don't be. Voice of the Bucks Jay Sando still hosts from Wild Wing Cafe, and it's still a 6 o'clock start now every Wednesday throughout the football season. Morristown native and new ETSU football head coach Randy Sanders on the ETSU Coaches Show right here on WXSM AM 640 the Extreme Sports Monster.
3: Pros. Buckle up for Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Kobe just sucked the gravity out of the target center. What
1: a pass. Five seconds left in the game. you believe in miracles? Yes! In your life have you seen anything like that. And the deep left center for Mitchell. And we'll see you tomorrow. High fly ball.
3: 42 home runs during the regular season, and we are going to Game Seven in the National League Championship
1: Series. The Bears is out on the field. He's going to go into the, the rundown. He's going to be out
2: of there. The Bears have won. The Bears have won. Versus Jays. I need a shower. The worst opening of all time. I think it's the best opening nah, of all time. Couple housekeeping items. Firstly, I'm bitter that you or me were not invited to Mark Hutzel's house.
0: I actually was invited to Mark Hutzel's house.
2: I'm bitter that I was not invited to Mark Hudson's house. <laughs> but you house.
0: know how I got invited to Mark Hutzel's house? No. I saw him Friday night. We were uh, uh, eating dinner with um, some alum. As a matter of fact, Warren Randolph, who did the uh, honorary coring flip, who's a former ETSU linebacker. Uh, defensive backslash linebacker. And then uh, Jonathan Street, who was actually uh, getting the Tennessee flag, who's a retired – he's a former Marine and retired uh, state trooper. Mm-hmm. And so we, we actually went to the Kidney Chesney concert. I was their chaperone. Uh, for Great the, gig tough, if you can get tough, it. Tough life, I know. So I was their chaperone. So we got the band back together on Friday night, and we're eating dinner. And Mark Kutzel his wife, his daughter, her friend walk in, and then he kind of says, hey, by the way, going to have a party my house after the game you guys are invited and uh I just told him I don't I don't think we can get away with two sitters back to back nights. But uh I was invited and I will tell Mark that you're upset that you are not.
2: Yeah. I've never met him in person to be fair, so there is that. Ah,
0: yeah, Show up, people wouldn't know who I am.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Bring my own beverages. I'm sure it'd be fine. You could but. just say
0: you were me. Nobody else at his party maybe knew who I was either, besides him.
2: Really? Okay. Well, that. Well, but he. I mean, was a lot know. of
0: former teammates of his. I don't know all the former teammates of his. And
2: if anyone would, it would probably be you. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, also, you had some nice social media posts, but I want to give you the chance to talk about the flag ceremony on Saturday and really cool honor for you to be able to carry out down in the field. I thought Don and Robert did a good job filling in for you, but uh, certainly it was something they needed to do because that's a really special thing that you got to do.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, and for for people that don't know, I think they know that the team runs out with three flags. So it's an aunt. So they have four captains each game, or sometimes three, but four, three or 14 captains. And then they bestow upon three other players to carry the flag. One carries the American, one carries the state flag of Tennessee, and one carries the E flag. And then what they do is they find three honorary members. Uh, they try to find a veteran to get the American flag. They try to find somebody that's tied into the state one way or another to get the the state flag or government or something. And then the E flag is just someone associated with ETSU, whether it's a professor. Last week was Mike White. And so they did that for Mike because – you know he's been here 16 years university will be uh transitioning out at the end of the football season and then warren randolph was actually the honorary former player we got to do the coin flips they had to do former players there so jd griffin the linebacker, which i thought was fitting uh because the defense had such a dominant day ran the american flag out and uh, i got to stand out there with my kids and you know get photo ops with them and my wife and uh it was a good moment for me especially on homecoming to know that i had a lot of people back uh, to see that and and uh, it it was a lot – I don't know. I didn't know what to expect, but it was, uh, it, was it was fun. And, and I, that would not have been a word I would have thought yeah. it would have been. Uh, but it was fun to be out there before that, uh, to have J.D. hand me the flag, talk to him for a second, and, you know, just turn around, wave the flag like a madman, and uh, let my kids hold the flag for a second, quick photo op. And, you know, it honestly didn't last that long once the, the team ran out through the e The other thing is I've never been on the field – Uh, During pregame at all, obviously, I'm in the booth, and because our windows don't open, I know we have crowd mics, it kind of helps the feeling, but it's a different atmosphere, I I was amazed by that, and then to watch the intro video, again, I've not seen the intro video
2: outside the booth before, so to watch that and to get the feel of it, because with this sound system and the board and everything, you can really feel it down there.
0: No, no, you, and the base of it yeah. and, and the crowd kind of kind of coming to life at the very end of it as the team runs through and the, the band fires up the fight song and all that. So that, that was a very cool moment uh, and a good photo op that, again, I can show, uh, you know, with my kids and be like, hey. The other thing is that there was a hat that was left here. I didn't even notice it till I went home, but they, there's an ETSU hat, and they made 18 of them, and on the side there's an American flag and a Tennessee State flag, and there's only 18 hats they made. So wow. They, they, the uh, six home games, the three people that are out there, are the only ones that have that hat. Wow, and that's so, cool. Uh, Scott Carter, the athletic director, uh, Matt McGahee had made a, that up and made it specifically for the 18 people. and that They don't even have one, so they wanted that to be special. So that was a cool moment. Uh, it was fun and uh, glad I got to be a part of it and glad ETSU uh, thought of
2: me. Was your back extremely sore after waving the flag as furiously as you were? Was it a heavy flag, lighter flag? I'm hoping lighter for the sake I, of it, your lumbar.
0: I, you know, I did, again, I didn't know what to expect. It was a little bit of a, a light, the poles, light. The flag itself was a little was a little heavier when I thought, but the pole was almost there. The other bad thing was one of my one of my boys, Rhett, was over it. He was ready to go. It was nappy time. And he was over it. And so I had him kind of in the left arm, got the flag in the right, and I just had to use my leg to actually kind of – Oh, wow. To to try to wave it around. And then my daughter came over and I let her – I kind of held it with her and waved it around. I was – that's one reason I was worried about how much it weighed because I know she she wanted to wave it a little bit. Oh, sure. Yeah, and then then my other son, James, wanted no part of it. He just – he just – mama held him, he was good to go. So Maybe one day they'll uh, appreciate it, but yeah, no, that I mean, wasn't it, the day. Yeah. No, it would be great. And then uh, and now we go from something awesome to uh, a, a segment I'm just going to take my headset off. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, we say nice things, only to set up the absolute shredding that you're about to receive. Now, you know, I thought that in this segment, Pros versus Jays, is usually someone from, you know, I guess a, a bigger team, organization, whatever. Uh, last week we did Cleveland Browns getting, was it last week that we did Cleveland Browns? Two weeks ago, whenever they got their first win, um, the announcer, is this what it feels like to win? And then we did a soundbite of yours and we compared the two. This week, because we have not discussed this yet, I feel the need to set it up. You had a bit of a condition going on in in the vocal cords. I'm not sure exactly where it came from, but I walk into studio um, about 1 o'clock, an hour before pregame, and um, I get on the headset, talk to you over the mic. I'm back in studio, you're over here, and Boy, it was it was grim, uh, without a doubt. Uh, unfortunate that you, that, that uh, condition did befall you, and and it was a, a slog to get through the game for your voice. But I will say this: I thought that you did extremely well considering the circumstances and the fact that our games, in terms of pre-game to post-game are about five and a half hours long. Now, that Gardner-Webb game, simply because the running Bulldogs just couldn't get any footing in the game, really, at all. It was a bit quicker, so that helped. And you talked about before uh, we came on air, uh, you and me were chatting off air about, it it was probably lucky that it wasn't uh, down to the wire, you know, very exciting at the end where you wanted to mark out basically every single call. Uh, There were really only a couple moments, I think, in the game that you felt the need to do so, um, since it was such a blowout, so one-sided in favor of the good guys. But... You did give us the tidbit, and this is where you kind of bury yourself a little bit, and I appreciate that because I haven't been here as long as you have, and, and I wasn't around for the game that you referenced, but you said, you know, my voice feels bad, but it wasn't nearly as bad as I think it was Cal Irvine, yeah, right?
0: This was the mistake I made was actually <laughs> admitting, like, hey, this can't be any worse, and and I'll just, I'll just jump in this setup what exactly Please. happened, and then I'll let you run with it from there, and I'll just shut up. But – uh what happened was we played in the, the Pentacon the, the Pentagon Showcase, which is a, a outstanding arena that uh, hosts an MB or uh, NBA DL team uh, out G-League. in South Dakota. Yeah. G League, that's right, not the D League, the Gatorade Bot or whatever, but um, and so we played a three day tournament. It was around Thanksgiving. Weather's you can imagine South Dakota is slightly different than it is oh, I around know. Yeah, here. It's, yeah, it's so um, the first the first game was against, I want to say it was um, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And uh, I, I did okay, but I would already was drinking tea, doing some other things, and I was rooming with a trainer. So, was it just the that weather way. that, like, the change, I think, the sudden change? Yeah, and I, my sinuses and everything do horrific with weather change. Gotcha. It's just awful. So, I was already kind of trying to combat that. And I was with trainer, and I woke up in the morning, and I always do the hello to hello. I always try to see if I can get my voice back. <laughs> so, uh, the second day was a little scratchy, and the trainer looked at him and said, oh, boy, we got to watch out. So then we played South South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits. Yeah. And, uh, ETSU won that, and then we went to the third game. And then I woke up that morning, and the hello was inaudible, and it, I knew it was going to be bad. And so I was trying to figure out ways to, to just manufacture getting through the game. And here was the one thing I was thinking of. There was absolutely zero video of the tournament. Nowadays, that's so unusual. Yeah. No big watch. So, you had to listen yeah. to the game on Thanksgiving weekend of the third game, which the Bucks had won the first two, trying to lock it up. UC Irvine's coming off a, a tournament run. So was uh, South Dakota – State and then I think Milwaukee uh, actually went to tournament that year, so they were quality opponents. This was a big game, a chance to wrap it up, and uh, it started off bad, and it really just got worse.
2: Yeah, and I think you did especially good early on. But when you're talking as much as you have to, especially on radio, right? You're describing pretty much every step that everyone's taking on the quarter on the field. Um, your vocal cords going to get worn out. And I use this soundbite, the first one that we have. Um, early in the ETSU game from Saturday Not to crush Ari Wartz, Because this is the call right before halftime Where it went through his hands But to illustrate just how well you were doing Early on in the game And, and how you were showing your hashtag ETSU tough side And really getting through it So here's Ari Wertz and your call Of that near touchdown at halftime
0: thinking about Five guys 15 yards down the field So Herring's going to try to settle He's going to throw one towards the corner of the end zone He's got two receivers down there And Ari Wartz oh. dropped it Oh, Ari Ward's had it in his hands, and he dropped it, Robert, right
2: in front of you. Our sideline reporter, Robert Harper. Now, here's early on in the Cal Irvine game. Jerking inside out to Bradford to Merriweather,
0: far side of the floor now. On the block is Tevin Glass. Drives right to the rim, left hand layup, good. Boy, Tevin Glass just used an explosive first step to get by the two big men.
2: Okay, not bad. I think we're okay so far. Yeah, we're, we're okay so far. You get a little further along in the game, and things start to get tough new quarterback Jalen Myers Bucks
0: blitz he's gonna tuck if he breaks contain could be trouble the Bucks track him down knock the football away it's a turnover he held the football very poorly had it out there the Bucks knock it out from behind and it's a turnover
2: you can tell things are starting to go on Saturday and this was UC Irvine I believe in early on in the second half again the pace is now with the Bucks want Bradford running driving teardrop shot good over the six
0: foot nine Tommy
2: Rutherford. <laughs> I love that we're getting some familiar names here, but you can uh, see kind of where this is heading. And uh, late in both games, things did get pretty ugly. ETSU wins by a final score forty five nothing. Just heard head coach Randy Sanders
0: joining me here. Coach, uh, you talked about your team learning how to finish, how to do that. Certainly forty five nothing, the first shutout since two thousand and three.
3: Yeah, 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 first of all, it sounds like you've been eating uh, corn chips and haven't had anything to drink up here. I don't know. <laughs> so
2: Randy Sanders absolutely calling out uh, the fact that you – you know, Randy said some hilarious things. I thought that was yet another one of them, but I like that he just right away, elephant in the room, this is what's going on. Uh, so that was the post-game interview. I did hear the Steve Forbes post-game interview. I decided to actually go with a play right before the end of the game rather than the post-game interview. So here's about as bad as it got in the Cal Irvine game.
0: Uses it top of the key team is now right side in front of Irvine's bench goes Leonard He'll swing it all the way back near Sutton. a skip pass to Martin He'll try to drive against four bucks kicks at last moment team for three shot No, good Bradford a rebound out to TJ Cromer all the way in right hand layup and he missed it TJ Cromer missed a layup would have put the Bucks up seven So get the basketball up Irvine on the other end shot. No good tap. No good rebound. Ike banks Leonard missed a shot. Then Galloway missed. Then Galloway slipped and fell. <laughs>
2: um, I feel bad almost. Throat I, oh. I feel bad almost there at the end, even playing it because it's just again oh. I, in that situation. What are you supposed to do? Right, you're on an island. You're in South Dakota. You couldn't. Well, have... here's here's the bad
0: thing, and, and I'll say this, and I've admitted this after the fact. The the uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin broadcaster was sitting next to me. And he didn't get up there at about halftime. And, and we had we had talked because, you know, we played him the first day. I mean, all four team broadcasters got together yeah. and, and hung out for a little bit and just get to know one another. I mean, heck, we're all over different parts of the, the country. and They never see these guys again. That's exactly right. And so it was halftime he got up there. He's sitting next to me. And there's a barrier between us. And he just kind of rolled his chair over after the first media timeout. I was like, dude, you all right? Can I get you water, coffee, something? I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. And after the second one, he looked at me, and he at the second media timeout, and he, he made the signs if you're going to the bullpen, right? You take your hand, you know, a couple of fingers, tap the arm. He's yeah. like, "You want to go to the bullpen?" And I'm like, "I don't know." And then the third one was awful; like it was it was way downhill at that point. And then that's when he said, "I'm familiar with both teams. All you have to do is just write down what break I'm supposed to take. Yeah, I'll be glad to finish the game. I don't have much of a pregame. Do you need? And I don't know why I didn't. But I mean, in all honesty, it was probably the only. Only decision, I think, in my broadcast career where I looked back and went, yeah, during the game at least. Yeah. Probably went back and said, you know, probably should have let him finish that game. Just for the sake of anybody that was trying to listen to the game. And I, I, all I know is, you know how bad it was? Is when the team doctor texts me <laughs> midway through the second half, I've already called a prescription in. Here's the closest pharmacy it's going to be at. Try to get in the van and get there before they close. And I didn't get there before they close. I had to go the next morning. I <laughs> had to go the next morning. How bad was that?
2: I think you're sounding a lot better today. It's just unfortunate that, of course, in football season, right, and it's it's on a Saturday. It couldn't have happened on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Like, you don't have to talk all that much on this show, right? we got a lot of sound. I can carry if you need it. But... During a football broadcast where you are the play-by-play guy on radio, it had to hit you at that exact time. You sound a lot better today, which is why I'm saying that. You know, 48 hours later, like, why couldn't everything just shift it up 48 hours? Yeah, why
0: couldn't I have the, the problem on Wednesday and just took a, a, a day off or so from the show? So you think that's about as bad as it's gotten, Cal Irvine? Cal Irvine, by far, is is the bad. And I've had some bad... I had one that was semi-scratchy at, yeah. at an NCAA tournament, but but... It wasn't as bad as football or the last football game or Irvine. Irvine's the worst that I can remember of it being. And, and there's times where I, it's been kind of bad and you get sort of, you know, I, let's be honest, I'm, I'm full of energy and excitement, maybe a little bit over the top at, at times when it probably doesn't call for. But um, and I admit that, I understand that. But when I get sort of that way, you just kind of manage, yeah, you know, and try to save your voice. Not, But occasionally you have something happen – you, know, you just like, can't help yourself. Yeah, like Ari Wardson, is it. Well, early in the Cal Irvine game, I mean, that was a big game. I mean, I mean, that was a, a game that was there, and it was nip and tuck. I think ETSU ended up winning about 10 or 11. But you heard the disappointment of Miss Layup to go up seven. I yeah. mean, that game was, you know, I, I can't imagine how bad it would have gotten Gardner-Webb if it would have been like the Chattanooga game. Like me having extra energy for Chattanooga, as I always do, Coming down to the last play, this and another. Uh, the other thing is, at least in basketball, I've got a thirty-minute pregame, thirty-minute post, and I don't even really do. You can get like out fifteen pretty quick. minutes yeah. of the post game. You know, football we start an hour and a half talking yes. before we even do anything. Yeah. So yeah, you know, five six hours. But uh yeah, the Irvine, I It was one of those when I said it. And you guys are like, yeah, let me click on it. I'm like, boy, that was a bad decision. <laughs>
3: like, I don't
0: know why I went ahead and said, hey, go listen to that. We but
2: played a little bit of it on the pregame. I, I, it was right up before the pregame started, and so I didn't have a lot of time to look through. But you better believe postgame I went back and tried to find the best of it. And that 35 or 40-second spin. oh, man. And, again, I, I think that with both scenarios, you did all right early. And then it just got to the point in the Irvine game where literally you were, you know, I'm sure you had yourself cranked up on the board. You were just whisked spring, because that's all you could do, and even in the post-game interview with Randy Sanders, I mean, there's not a really bad moment of the call Saturday, aside from the Titus Tucker interception, where it's just 10, 5, you know, <laughs> that's difficult, but aside from that, I really thought you, thought you did well, and, uh, you know, consummate pro, homecoming, football, uh, you manned up. So, for keeping score, did I win one? Uh, no, you lost both times this oh, okay. week, yeah. Oh, see, see. Or did I lose or Did the fans lose? <laughs> no, I think you did. The fans lost. I think you did well. I th- I think that uh, you you managed much better in this game than you did in the Cal Irvine game. It's just one of those circumstantial things. Look, the only way you would have lost is if you did not get on there those days, and you got on here both those days. So well done.
0: Yeah, and I did uh, did finish. There was there was there was talk that if I had to uh, step aside, that Don would, would call a play by play, and Robert from the sideline would just jump in as color. But we didn't have to go to. We did have a backup plan. Uh, so, uh, the fans were the losers. You know, us were losers. Me and you, both predictions. Oh, boy. My goodness, we got to relive that in a second. Do we have to? Yeah, because Jacob Townsend is licking his chops back excited. in the studio to tell us water. how bad we are. Boy, there is nobody more excited to tell you how bad you are yeah. than Jacob Townsend. We'll let him do that. Yeah, there he is. Well, we will let him do that on the other side of this timeout. Sandos and the sidekick. Don't forget to download us on SoundCloud and on iTunes and subscribe to our RSS feeds every time we upload a new show. You will get a notification, or it will download automatically. Either way you set it up, you can get all the sandos and sidekick Monday through Friday. We'll step aside for a timeout. Bold prediction results on the other side of this on the Buccaneers. force. that work?
1: Let Ferguson's
4: knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets, high-performance gas ranges,
3: or low-decibel dishwashers.
4: They're really quiet.
3: Request
1: your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever.
0: Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. Purchasing
1: a new home, remodeling your home, First Bank and Trust makes applying for a loan easy. Our
0: online application process is designed to allow you to stop anytime and pick up where you left off when it works for you. And after you submit an online application, you can check your loan status anytime. Visit or call me, Rose Fulton, today for help with your purchase, refinance, construction, or home loan. We're there for all your mortgage needs because we're your bank for life. Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC.
1: This is the Pepsi that your father drank and your grandfather drank. When I was your age, we were... This is the Pepsi that your Uncle Ted drank when rock sounded like this. This is the Pepsi for American pastimes. Whether you're tailgating at a speedway or courtside watching your favorite player make a breakaway... He scores! This is the Pepsi for those who are forever fun. This is the Pepsi for every generation.
2: for all your printing needs. LeBron
0: is a
1: Laker. Four-year, $154 million, a max deal.
3: I'm ecstatic. I think it was the right situation, the right call for him to make. He wasn't going to get anything accomplished in Cleveland. That was obvious. ESPN has announced the network's new broadcast team for the 49th season of Monday Night Football. Former Dallas Cowboys tight end Jason Witten, who recently announced his retirement after a 15-year pro career, will immediately jump into the analyst role. LeVar Ball's big baller brand has gotten an F rating from the Better Business Bureau. The Browns dropped the
0: ball all year long. Unfortunately, a team, a coach, an organization, not good enough to earn one win. The only win in the last two years came on Christmas Eve. Now here we are on New Year's Eve, talking about a team that will go down as one of the worst in NFL history. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard.
4: A simple wrong would have done just fine.
0: Oh, the very excitable Jacob Townsend joined Sandoz and the Hello. sidekick. Jay Sandoz and um, Mike Gallagher. And he has waited <laughs> all weekend to let us know how bad this is gonna be ugly. we are. I will say this: I was at least somewhat better in my ETSU prediction this week. I know I was still wrong, but I was at least better.
2: No more been, victories I've been here. way off base. Did no we more get victories. Twenty-eight points in the second half. Is yes, that you what ETSU got? yes, you did. Yes, you did. I said twenty-eight in the first half. You sure did. You sure did,
1: Mike. But hey, this is my segment, sir. Thank you. Yeah, sorry. Um, but let's start off with Jay since you know his name's actually on the show. ETSU, you said Jay would get over five hundred and fifty total offensive yards. You said you also prefaced it with 200 rushing and 250 passing, which actually doesn't add up. That was a good call by no, you, Mike. No, 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 no,
0: no, no, You got <laughs> to go, go back and listen. I went back and listen. You go back and listen. I said least. they will have 550 yards of total offense with at least at 200 and 250, meaning that they wouldn't get 400 yards passing and 100 yard rushing, that they would be a little more balanced, but they would have that Anyway, that's That's just not. stupid. That's
3: not.
1: That's exactly what actually Mike Leach <laughs> did call that stupid last week. That's okay. Uh, 461 yards is what they ended up with. They did get the 200 yards rushing, 217. Just came short of 250, 244 passing yards combined with Herrick and Marchie. But 461, so you were wrong, Jay. Keep your chin up.
0: I'm blaming there were four or five drop passes. At least, got me at least I, I, mean, I still went to one. Think about it. Words I still went to Sailors a drops day, one. Yeah. I mean, I could have got there – were, there were several. There Keith Coffey on the sideline. Yeah. yeah, okay, go.
1: All right, Mike. You, uh, you know, since you already said it, uh, ETSU said you said they would score 28 or more points in the first half. They scored 17. They did score 28 in the second half, though. But, you know, you you, you're the one who said said it the way you did.
2: Yeah, it's my own fault. I mean, the idea behind it was you get out to a big lead, demoralize Gardner As it turned out, I mean, 17 nothing at the half is demoralizing enough. But how about the fact that the knife just twists when it's exactly 28 points in the second half? That hurt.
1: All right, Jay, you went SoCon for your first college football prediction. You said four touchdowns for Nick Tiano with a win for Chattanooga over Wofford. They lost to Wofford, and Nick Tiano only got
0: one touchdown.
1: Just when I think you couldn't possibly be
2: any dumber. That's what you get for choosing Chattanooga. Chattanooga. I was think. exactly
0: what I was going to say. Not only that, but I was feeling pretty good about it because first quarter it was uh, Tiano to Nunley, and I'm thinking, well, all right, they got one, just one each quarter. But it, uh Wofford put the clamps down on him uh in the second half oh, really starting second quarter.
1: All right, and uh Mike, you went U C L A over Washington, you thought they'd get their first win. Close. The fighting Chip Kelly's gave a good battle, but they did. Yes.
2: Stubborn, stupid, silly
1: man. 31-24 final.
2: Yeah, I didn't have a chance to see the game. I do love you some Pac-12 football, but I didn't have a chance to watch. Uh, I saw the final score, and uh, here's a a couple of things. A, I'm glad that if you listened to the segment last week, and really we could just play our predictions from last week as the intro to the show, and, you know, that would make a lot of sense. But uh, instead of our historically bad predictions, we're – making history current, it seems like. I'm glad I didn't pick Arkansas over Alabama. That was what I was toying with, 65 to 31. And, of course, I talked about being a week off my predictions. Northwestern, on the road, Michigan State. Come on. That's just frustrating. I I mean, the Jacob sailors he busts out, finally goes over 100 right after I predicted that twice earlier this year. And I'm a week off on the second Jacob Sailors prediction, which did come last week. And then Northwestern, I I can't buy a break here. I'm not taking any responsibility. The the prediction gods are against me.
1: Yeah, it's all on you. But, uh, Jay, you said you would have Virginia Tech over Notre Dame by 10. Yeah. Yeah.
0: that, that that, that's
1: a great environment, Lane Stadium, my home state, but they can't beat a, a good team in there in a while since so Justin Fuente came. They
2: lost to the Irish <laughs> 45-23.
1: Just when I think you couldn't so possibly be
3: any
2: dumbass. I was sad that you were wrong because I just can't <laughs> stand Notre Dame. Really, you were wrong
1: by 32 points because <laughs> they lost by 22 and you said they'd win by 10.
2: Jacob makes a good point, Jack. What do you have to say to that? I'm not very good. <laughs>
0: Well, neither d- of us are. I mean, I not can't, I, can't. I mean, I guess if you can get more wrong, I was more wrong. <laughs> I don't know if there's a. There yeah, are no negative bad.
1: points here on the oh, uh, yeah, that, Sidekick, so it doesn't really matter. But you know, uh, your that. last one, Mike, you said Derrick Henry at least 163 <laughs> yards. <laughs> Woo! He got a nice Woo. round 56 <laughs> against <laughs> the Buffalo Bills in that 13 to 12 win for the uh, Bills Mafia. No one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills.
2: Round is exactly what Derrick Henry is. I need to stop trusting him because he is a complete bust, a complete failure. My trust in him is as bad as the player himself. Why do I keep going back to the Jake, well? Jake. I, I think it's a
1: good match for you all and how you all did this
2: week. Yes, sir. Jacob, I thought, <laughs> I thought you had my text about Crosby missing four field goals. No, you, that, no, no
1: no, 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 no. We've, we've, we've uh, stuck together on a couple of those, Jay, but I can go with you that one. Right. On the great I hate, hate you, Jacob.
0: I hate you. Yeah. Uh, all it's right, that'll do feeling. it. All right, Jacob, I'll see you on Friday when we'll give you more bad predictions. Wait, they're no longer bold predictions, they are just bad predictions. So, Santos and the sidekick back tomorrow. We'll talk more ETSU and the winningest the Web. Plus, we'll turn our attention towards the Senator Bulldogs on next week's episode, or
4: actually tomorrow's episode. Santos and the sidekick.